Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Well, hello there, listener of the Tej Talks podcast. It's Tej here. Would you believe it? None other. Today, flipping heck, I'm talking about flipping houses. What does that mean? That means buying to sell, not buying to hold. Uh, my main strategy is buy to hold because I want passive income uh, and I want assets that will appreciate a little bit over time, but mainly give me cash flow. Chunky cash is nice, but as I'm discovering with flipping, it comes with its own host of problems and challenges that, guess what, we're going to have to face every day uh, until it's sold. And even then, it's probably going to be more challenges. So today I want to talk to you about my experience of flipping on the refurb element in terms of things I did and didn't do and what I should have done. Also, the estate agent element of it as well, how to find a good one and how to deal with a good one and how to understand the kind of stuff they're going to say and the bullshit that some of them may give you. And I also want to touch on like dealing with low offers and like the patience or impatience uh, of getting offers and the importance of due diligence beforehand, which obviously is so important. Right. Where doth we start? So I bought a house, a uh, director vendor is off a property trader for £82,000. Now, the end value comparables, including those on the same street, were 125 grand, you know, um, comparatively, as in they were very similar, if not slightly smaller, if not slightly bigger. The real end value was probably like 120, maybe 115, but 120 was, there were a lot of comparables within the last sort of year or two. Okay. And the market generally is going up here. So bought it at 82, we were meant to spend uh, 7 or 8 on it, but shit project manager, the shit builders, basically meant it was like 11 or 12. So it wasn't on site, it was just totally useless. I'll get to that in a whole new podcast. Uh, the, some of the tradesmen were good there actually, but just slack and sloppy project management, just overall total joke. So we went slightly over budget. Uh, we made quite a nice house, quite a, quite a good you know house. Here's a mistake I made. I forgot I had wallpaper in. So a painter had come in, done the sort of first coat on top of the wallpaper because I said, look, we'll just paint, decorate it. And when I got there, I was like, this shit is ugly. Uh, so eh. it's very old school wallpaper. And I was like, damn it, the strip art team have been in, done their stuff. This could have been a lot easier and cheaper. But alas, I, I, I just missed it. As simple as that. Juggling six refurbs and, and then looking at pictures of this afterwards and being like, oh, that's just, that's a plastered wall because it looked plain, flat and white. So what I did was we took the wallpaper off and we re-wallpapered with quite a nice, very finely textured, way more modern wallpaper. Why didn't we plaster the whole house? Um, the budget was not there. Uh, and mm, that was the main reason, really. Um, the budget was just not there, unfortunately, for it, for it to be a deal. It was a big house, big ceilings. Uh, so we re-wallpapered it with a very nice wallpaper. We filled any like cracks in the plaster. We made it smooth. It, it looks very nice. And it's in a part of the world, and it's got potential end value, where 
you know, they're not going to necessarily comment too much on it. That's what I thought. However, a few potential buyers have commented on that as a, not a deal breaker, but as a, ooh, we'd probably replaster this. But then the majority of them haven't said anything. But I have learned from this and from another property that wherever possible, just replaster. There is nothing more timeless than a flat wall, right? Yes, it costs, but it, it makes a big difference, especially on flips when it's plastered flat wall. It looks super modern and it will look modern in a hundred years. Whereas wallpaper, you know, even a nice one, it will still keep its, you know, timelessnessness, but not as much as a pure flat wall. So I, I sort of messed that one up. But really, I've only got feedback from one or two out of, I don't know, 20 views, um, uh, viewers. So negligible, but I think maybe it would have made a difference. But I know from other properties that sometimes it is feedback that you're going to get. And it's some feedback that people may not even think about or realize they're thinking, but they are. So the agent doesn't get the feedback because, well, yeah, they're just not the, the, view, you know, the view of the person buying it, not thinking about it necessarily. So <clears throat> that was the first mistake with the plaster, but again, not a huge mistake. Uh, I think another element is like the swag, the source, the interior design. Now, I'm all about that swag life, you may know, right? And the bathroom is beautiful. I'll put a picture here for those of you on YouTube to have a look at. I think it is a, ve you know, it's very nicely designed. The kitchen looks lovely. The bathroom's grey and otherwise everything else is grey and white. It, it's kind of standard. You know, do I think you have to go all out in a bathroom and kitchen to make a sale? Not at certain price brackets. You know, if I was in like London or West London, it'd be a German kitchen. It would be, uh, you know, like totally different. It, it would just be different. Uh, however... In this flip, I went for a, I would say it's higher end bathroom and, and the kitchen was painted, not new kitchen, uh, which a few people picked up on. Most people didn't mind because it looked great and it was still functional and it wasn't dirty and it wasn't broken. Uh, you know, would, in another flip, would I go full out with the bathroom? I mean, there's a, there's a limit I would go to and I would stop there because I know that spending £200 on a black bath shower screen as opposed to, say, 100 no, 120 for a chrome one, because it, it, it needed black to match everything, I just know now that most viewers or tenants are not going to give a shit, nor are they going to realise. Some will. Oh my god, this was like Instagram. Great. But I think there is a certain limit, and I'm, I, don't, I always have a limit in a budget, but I think that's going to come down now for flips, of certain price brackets because it's not necessary um, but you can still create amazing designs without going that extra mile depending on your area and your price bracket and I'm learning that this area maybe I don't need to go you know sort of all out on on the little little details like I would in say a service accommodation because people just aren't noticing it. I'm not getting feedback on that right so that's another thing about the kind of swag is like Speak to agents, look at other things on the market that I've sold or selling at the kind of level you're going for and just do slightly better, slightly better. But I don't regret it because it looks gorgeous and it will make a beautiful home for someone. But there's just a, you know, uh, a bit of a learning to just maybe do things slightly differently next time. And maybe prioritize something like replastering walls, um, which are not in bad condition. They're not 
damp or anything, instead of spending a little bit extra on a bathroom, right? This is a lesson. I'm being very open and honest with you. Um, so think what you will. Market shifts. Now, when I bought it, the comps were 120, 125. Now the comps are 110, 115. <laughs> I don't know why they've dropped. Uh, and they shouldn't really have dropped, but they have. And that's meant that we listed it at 120. We dropped it to 115 pretty soonish. And we're getting offers just below, just below, but not at 115 yet. But we did, and we have a story, and I have a story to share with you about that offer. So, on. So, yeah, market shift is something you can't necessarily plan against or plan for. You can just be very conservative. And look, I had 115 in my in my uh, spreadsheet anyway. So I wasn't overly shocked or surprised when it sort of came. It was annoying, but what can we do about it? Nothing. So you got to roll with it, right? Uh, another thing was timeframes. It's very easy to go on Facebook and see next man and next girl posting. Oh, look, I just, I did a flip. I spent three grand on it and now I'm making 40 grand. And the first person who viewed it a day before we even finished it bought it, and I'm I'm flipping crazy. And you can you can do look at that stuff, and I'm you know it does happen. You know some places are hot. It will happen, but don't expect it to happen to you every time, and don't expect it to happen. Uh, it takes time to sell a house. You know, like no matter how cheap or how expensive it is. Uh, when you're selling a done-up house, it can take time. It can take time for the right buyer to want to move in the area, for a local family to have a baby and now they want to move out of their parents' house, or for uh, a business to open to hire someone who needs to move there, or for someone to notice it, or to have the funds, or to get endless reasons. It can take time. Mine's been on the market for two months, two months? And we've had a fair few offers and quite a bit of interest, so it's not like you know it's a, it's a big drain or it's like oh god we're getting nothing we're getting there but really i think you have to kind of put in like i don't know one to six months to sell it that's a big range but just be prepared and have the patience which is my next point to wait it out you know uh there's so many reasons why it can take time to sell a house it's not like calling a valuer and getting a valuation you're just depending on the right person at the right time in their life to want to buy this house. And you're hopefully made it attractive enough that they want to buy it and your house, not someone else's. So having patience is, yeah, it's not my strong point, but I think like Gary Vee says it really well, micro impatience, but macro patience. The bigger picture's cool, we cool, we cool, it's happening. But micro patience, solicitors, agents, what's happening? Chase, 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 bulldog to get results, right? I think you have to. But yeah, it's a good test for your patience. So if you haven't got patience, flip a house and uh, you shall develop. Thou shalt develop patience from this. You may even become a patient with stress. Uh, another thing is dealing with low offers, which we all put in. Don't try and hide. I see you. We all put in low offers on houses, but we have rationale. We have reasons. And they're usually not done up houses. They're usually wrecks, I guess, or, or you know, tips that us investors want to buy. You are going to get low offers. And at first, it's probably going to be like, Who's this person offering me low? Your, your ego is going to be like, nah, nah, what's this about? Who do you think they are? Tell that ego to shut up. Shut up. Because I ain't got time for this ego out of the way. You need to think logically. Have they given me Have they given me feedback? Have they said this, this and this? If they have, 
are they reasonable? One one lady viewed it and she was like, it's on for 120 at this point. She offered 90. She goes, yeah, I don't like the location. And it, it's just, it's a three, but it's not really the beds I'm looking for. And we're like, you know, right move says how many beds it is. And it says the exact location of it. Do you want me to move the house for you? Is that why you're taking 30 grand off it? Because you're going to put it on wheels and dumb, ex- you know, dumb, dumb excuses. Someone said that, oh, there's a little dip in the ceiling, which is so common in these houses. And it's, I've seen it. It's like an inch dip, nothing. And we've been up there and we've seen. Uh, and they said, oh, I'm going to offer three and a half grand less. And the agent was like, Bee-ay? three and a half grand for a, for a dip in an old house in this part. Like, really? And they changed their mind quick time. But people will offer dumb offers for dumb reasons. So be prepared for this shit, yo. Like, just take it as, okay, feedback? Yes? No? Okay. Can we act on it? Okay, we'll act on it. If not, no thank you. Now, when it comes to offers, you're going to have offers that are close to asking. Close. Now, this is something I kind of struggle with. And actually, shout out to Instagram. Peeps who are following, help me out. You know, I had an offer at, I think, 100... 113,500 and it was for up for 115 at this point and it is now I was like do I accept because I've got interest payments per month to my investor that are basically counting down on my profit I factored in for like six to eight months of it anyway but they're still counting down on my profit so do I take less like a lower offer but maybe actually make the same amount of profit or maybe even more profit or do I hold on sort of keep losing money for a higher offer that by the time the offer comes in I could be at the same profit as what I was before you got to think about things like that your cost of money your cost of borrowing cost of finance comes off your profit like you can't hide that shit like it comes off your profit so like really think about these things you know like is it worth waiting x amount of time with the amount of views and stuff we're getting to make an extra couple grand which we're maybe going to lose on interest payments or to bridges or whatever so think about the things that you don't think about really important uh and that was quite a bit of an eye-opener for me and now i'm a bit more flexible uh to an extent but i still know what i need to achieve and it's really important you know this uh the next thing is estate agents how do you pick estate agents how do you have me it was google reviews it was google reviews and speaking to them and just getting a gut feel for them and how realistic and honest they were but also a recommendation. This agent came from a recommendation. I said, hey, you you know this area. You live near here. You, you kind of invest here. Who should I sell my house through? And it's been a great experience with them so far. They've been really, really good. Very tenacious, very on it. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy so far with them. This video is going to go out a few weeks after I've said this. So it could change. It could be getting added on my story. But I'm happy with them so far. But test how welcoming they are. Because if they're not nice to you when you walk in the office and you're making them money... Are they going to be nice to the viewers? Maybe, but are they corporate? Are they small? Which one do you want? Which one do you prefer? How's their branding? How's their marketing? Are they on all platforms? Are they registered? What kind of fee are they charging? Are they giving it all this bollocks about, oh yeah, we use social media, special targeting thing. And it's like, nah, it's actually pretty crap. Uh, you know, what are they actually doing to get your property out there? How, how well do they negotiate with you on their fee? Because that would imply how well they negotiate with a buyer on your offer, Right? Don't always go for the cheapest. Don't always go for the most expensive. You could go for either or, but the price is not the only factor. If they can sell it quicker and get you a higher offer, but you pay them 200 quid more, but they get you a grand extra, you're net 800 quid up, right? So think about that with agents because there's a few different factors that will decide this. So 
those are my lessons from my flip. Uh, they're not sort of huge, huge lessons, but I think the biggest one is it will take time. You have to have patience. You have to trust your estate agent, which is not necessarily easy. I have to find a good estate agent and you have to do the house well enough so that it sells, but not so good that it just eats into your budget. And then it's maybe even too niche or too designer or something. It doesn't suit everyone. So it's keeping it neutral, but keeping it different, keeping it trendy. And you want people to walk in and say, wow, I mean, like this place. Yeah, I can live here. You don't want them to walk in and say, yeah, yeah, it's nice. I, I, yeah, I suppose it's nice. Yeah, I could. Um, yeah, we could put an offer in. No, you do not want that. OK, that is not ideal. So I hope these have been useful. Uh, budgets always overrun. Timelines always overrun. So please have contingencies and do extra due diligence. I'm still making profit on this flip. It should be about 10 to 12 grand, depending on what we sell it for. And at the time, how much interest has been paid as well. Was looking to make probably five or six, maybe even 10 more than that. But for my first flip, it's a lesson. Uh, and it's a lesson that I'm hopefully sharing with you. And hopefully you will find it effective and implement it. So please subscribe to my podcast, Tej talks if you forget my name just look at my chest awkwardly and it shall appear if you're on youtube please like comment and subscribe and that is it for today if you like this podcast connect with tej on facebook linkedin and youtube for more great content